0: So, there are two people in the news today saying the government is soft on crime. One of them is retailer Christine Davis, the other is National Party leader Christopher Luxon. Morning, Christopher. G'day, John. How are you today? Yeah, I'm great. I'm very well, thank you. Can you tell me why or what evidence you have that the current government is soft on crime?
1: Well, look, I think the reality of these ram raiders are pretty uh, worrying for people. I've actually had uh, that Ormiston Moor was in my electorate. And I think, you know, it's really devastating for the shop owners when you talk with them. Yeah, you know, they've often been broken into four times. It's a lot of them here in Auckland. Uh, and I think there's a risk of serious industry, injury. But what I'd say is that I do think the government has been soft on crime. I think it's actually emboldened criminals. And I think it's sent a message that there's no real consequences. Um, and so... Uh, and we see it right. Violent crimes up twenty one percent in this country. Gang membership is up forty percent in this country, and in a very short period of time. And so, uh, we really need to send the message from the top: look, there are consequences for this. There is personal responsibility. You have to be accountable for your actions. Uh, there are rights and responsibilities to being a New Zealander. Um, can you? I'm just, you I'm just,
0: do, just I, this is one, Christopher. Yeah, before you get on about what you do, can you just give me one or two examples of what you think um, Labour hasn't done or has done? that has created this impression, this impression that it is soft on crime?
1: Well, look, I think things, um, John, like the firearm pro- prohibition orders, um, which we've been calling for for some time, which gives police search powers to be able to take illegal firearms off gang members. Uh, that's something, you know, we've had a gun register, we've had a le- you know legal gun owners register, but of course the real problem is actually with violent gun crime which we're seeing increasing amounts of it to the point that the, you know, 75% of the police officers in New Zealand are actually saying they want to be armed. Uh, you know, There's a real issue there, and as a result, you know, that's an example of a piece of legislation that could be put in place. The police association desperately want it, uh, and you know, we should be able to strengthen that piece of legislation to do it. But the bottom line is you know, crime's increasing, gang membership's increasing, about 4,000 to 8,200 people in the space of four and a half years, uh, and that's a big challenge.
0: Do you have any more reasons or examples where the government's soft on crime?
1: Uh, Well, as I said, we've we've, we've also got a situation where we've had a lot less – we've had, I think, 4,000 less prisoners in this country, but we've had a 20% increase in crime. We love to see prison numbers coming down, but it's got to be in the context of crime coming down, and that just simply isn't the case. Crime's going up.
0: How much of a collective responsibility do you think society can take? And when I say society, I'm talking about previous governments of all colours as well. Uh, I mentioned uh, earlier on the show state houses being sold off, people losing accommodation, all sorts of things making people more and more desperate.
1: Yeah, look, I think you've got two points there, and I think think they're good points. One is you've got to send the right message around crime that we do have to take personal responsibility for, and whether that's parents and whether that's uh, young people themselves, uh, all of that stuff, we get that. Um, So we've got to be, I think, tougher on crime. I think there are things we could do there. Uh, But the other bigger issue is what's the causes of crime and are we tough enough on those? And you're right, they come back to issues around housing and poverty and inequality and... Um, and I think things like, for example, you know social investment, as we've talked about before, is a really good example. If we can identify these teenagers when they're vulnerable, when they're starting to sharpen the system, uh, and actually get the support services into them and their families using the data, identifying them, uh, and you know, trying to change the trajectory of those course cho- lives so they actually make better choices is important. I think the other piece for me was charter schools. You know, these were kids that often were coming to the attention of their school, failing in a mainstream school, and actually then, would go to a charter school and, you know, whether it was based off military principles, whether it was based off, you know, cultural or sporting principles, actually did really well. So, you know, you're right. Um, it's it's we, we can be tough on crime and we do need to be tough on crime because we need to send the message. You can't go, you know, to be honest, John, the sad thing is yesterday I met up again with Sonny Tushal, who's leading the dairy and business owners group um, here across New Zealand, highlighting this issue. He's done a good job advocating for it. But honestly, you, work, you sit down with these people and I met again another one on Saturday night yeah, you know, he'd been rammed twice. Um, you know the concern he had for his family working in the store, um, the devastation that it is for them when they work really hard, they've sacrificed a lot, they've taken a lot of risks to start that business, and they don't feel safe or protected uh, by the by the police. That's a real challenge. No. So, you know that's the that's the other side of crime. You know it really hurts people. All um, right, I, I want
0: point. to talk about the tax thing, but first of all, what's one thing National would do to try and sort this out?
1: Well, I think the first thing we'd do is... uh, There's three things. We'd, we'd, We'd ask the police to do a review of the pursuit policy. You know, it's actually balancing how do we keep people safe, but also is there an issue there? The second thing is to strengthen these firearm protect prohibition orders um, around, uh, you know, search powers in particular. And the third thing is we need a dedicated gang task force that actually any gang offending is handled by that branch of of police, uh, as it's done in other countries, and I think it's important.
0: David Parker – oh, sorry?
1: We could toughen up the crime piece.
0: Okay. The Revenue Minister, David Parker, wants to have a uh, conversation about taxation. What's What's he getting at here?
1: Well, I don't know whether you made any more sense of it than I did, but I found it um, quite a curious and confusing and sort of musing from Minister Parker. And I sort of, and, I'm, and I know him well, he's a good man, but um, I just was unclear exactly what he was uh, shaping for, what the problem was that he's trying to solve. Um, my big takeaway from it was look, you know, Labor actually thinks people should be paying more tax, National thinks we should be paying less a big difference between the parties. Uh, they're spending at record levels. And of course, when you spend, you've got a tax, increase taxes. And so that was my takeaway from it. But um, I'm really confused as to what he's actually talking about and what he's trying to achieve here.
0: Okay. Well, do you think there is an issue though with people in the um, very high income brackets not paying what they should be?
1: Well, it's first and foremost important we do have a really fair tax system, and it's really important that wealthy people do pay their fair share of obligations. It's, it's not acceptable that they look to uh, dodge that in any way at all. But what I'd say to you is you know, wealthy folk do pay uh, higher rate, high rates of income tax, exactly as we think it should be a fairer progressive tax system. I think the top 3% of tax earners pay something like 24% of all income tax in New Zealand. Uh, if wealthy people have businesses, they have to pay corporate tax. If they have... Uh, they get paid tax on income and savings from investments here in New Zealand, and also from uh, foreign investments they own. And uh, you know, even following the Panama Papers in 2016, you know, trust laws in this country were tightened as they should have been as well. Mm-hmm. So, it's just again, um, I'm not sure whether this is a way in which the Prime Minister has brought out a capital gains tax, and as a result, uh, there's a, a sort of a stealth process underway to try and find new. In interesting ways to tax people but um, again he should be very clear about which taxes he doesn't want to hike um, or that he wants to hike and which which new ones he wants to add and I think um, until we get clear on the legislation that he's planning to propose it's very hard to understand what he's he's getting to. All
0: right we've both got to fly but just don't you think there's more of an issue in terms of company tax you've got these companies that are incorporated in other countries around the world and paying next to nothing here in New Zealand.
1: Yeah, look, I think you're right about that. I think you know there's more work to do on the global uh, multinational tax uh, companies that are avoiding tax paying in New Zealand. Uh, that's been a long issue. It's a hard one to solve. It seems to be like we haven't been made a lot of traction on that in the last four or five years, and we've got to got to obviously keep working on that one.
0: All right, we'll catch up in a fortnight. Nice to talk to you. Thanks, John. Thank Appreciate your time. Thank you. National Party leader Christopher Luxon.